Today on the Girl Defined Show, we are talking about whether a woman should take on her husband's last name or not. And I recently heard a conversation on a podcast between a Christian couple, like an influencer couple, and they were talking about this. And the wife was saying like she hasn't officially taken on her husband's last name. And part of the reason was because she likes her maiden name better. She's like, I think it's a little bit cooler. I like the way it sounds. Maybe to her husband, you should take on my last name. So right now they just have two different last names and they were just like discussing it and basically left it up to like, hey, I think it's just up to preference, whatever the couple wants. Like, you know, no big deal. Like do what works for you. And I'm wondering like, is there a deeper perspective? Is there something we as Christians should be thinking about when it comes to marriage and when it comes to this idea of taking on the husband's last name? Let's find out in today's episode. Hey, sisterhood, it's Kristen here and Bethany, and we're sisters and the founders of Girl Defined, and we're so pumped you're joining us for this conversation, and honestly, every episode, because here at Girl Defined, you know we are passionate about discovering God's design for our lives as women, looking in His timeless word, and understanding how He wants us to live as modern women. We know His word is timeless. It's true. He has answers for our beauty, identity, worth, value, purpose, everything that has to do with womanhood. God's word has answers, and so that's what we dig into here at Girl Defined, and today's conversation is an interesting one because this is something that, I don't know, like it is becoming really popular for people to do a wide variety of things when it comes to their last name. But I'm kind of curious as we kick this off, when you got married to Dave, were you ever thinking, I know you obviously did take his last name, but was there ever a question of like, should I? Yeah. So it was interesting. A lot of you know that we started Girl Defined when I was single and you were married right? and I had no prospects on the horizon for many years. And so we published two books, our first book, Girl Defined, and then our next book, Love Defined, and I was bared. That's our maiden name. And then in the process of, you know, continuing life, I met Dave and we got engaged and I had, we had already written Sex, Purity, and the Longings of a Girl's Heart but I was going to get married by the time it came out. And so our publisher yeah. was saying like, they were kind of recommending like, hey, what if we just continue to use Baird as your author name since that's what your audience is familiar with and that will just make sense. And I was like, you know, actually I personally like the idea of taking on my husband's last name. We're becoming a family. We're becoming one. Like I'm really excited to take on his last name and I just want to make like the hard transition. And so we decided, okay, half the books are going to have Baird on it and right. the <laughs> next half are going to have Beal, my now last name and Beal. People have been confused sometimes. Like one lady literally was like, oh, so you're the other Bethany. Like thinking there was a Bethany Baird and a Bethany Beale that wrote books. And I was just like, oh, I didn't. You're like, I am her and I'm also her. But it's fine. You know, for me, I was like, it's worth it. I'd rather have all the years ahead to be Bethany Beale. So that's what I chose. I don't know. What about you? Yeah, no, I always, I was excited to take on Zach's last name, to go from a Baird to a Clark. Um, It was just exciting to me to become one with my husband, to create this new family unit, to be unified in like who we are, like who we identify as a family. We are the Clark family. And I was excited about that. But the one thing I wasn't sure about was if I wanted to make my maiden last name, my middle name. And I remember having a conversation with our mom about this. And I was just like, I don't know. What do you think? Because my mom and I actually share the same middle name, Marie. And I was like, the honored eldest daughter. The honored oldest daughter of the five girls gets the mother's middle name. (laughs) So I was like, should I keep Marie? Should I make my middle name Baird, my maiden name? And my, and mom was just like, you know, you could do either. But honestly, like, she's like, I think part of leaving and cleaving could be a great, like, this is a great time for you to just fully embrace your new identity as a Clark, as the new Clark family, just keep your normal middle name Marie and just like fully embrace your new identity, not like leave your beard behind. And, you know, that was nothing, but more just like, Hey, this is, this is what you're moving into, like fully embrace it. And I was like, actually, I like that. So I'm not against people making, you know, their last name, their middle name. Um, it was just a personal decision. I think it's interesting because, you know, this conversation actually, it kind of starts when you are dating and first, before you even think about last names, you're trying to figure out, is he the one? And we actually just 
just released a brand new guide that you can get for free. Um, We have an entire group of the sisterhood that, yes, how to know if he's the one. We have an entire group that comes alongside of us every single month and they're like, hey, we love what you're doing. We love the podcast, the videos you're releasing, and we want to help support you. It's a very small like donation that they make to basically help Girl Define continue on. And there's like a whole inner circle, a whole like community page, giveaways, all sorts of stuff. But the best part is that we create new guides, new PDFs, new downloads, eBooks every single month as our way of saying thank you. And the most recent one, how do I know, how to know if he's the one is the latest. And it's a question we get all the time. And I think if we rewind, that's what we're asking first before we even ask, will I take on his last name? We're asking, how do I know if this is the one I want to spend my life with? So if you want to get this for free, just go to patreon.com slash girl defined. Or if you're like, I need that right now. I just want to grab it. (laughs) You can go to our shop, girldefined.com slash shop, where you can literally grab it today. You could dig into it right now. And we have dozens of other eBooks, guides and just helpful resources mm-hmm. to help you along your Christian walk as a woman. Yeah. And you can get all of those, like she said, at girldefined.com. But even better, if you become a supporter over on patreon.com, which is like what, three to four dollars a month yeah, it's to really, support us, really you not only get the latest resource that we create for that month, you get all of the previous resources just by becoming a patron, just by supporting our channel. We're talking dozens and dozens. Yeah. Like we're talking like, I don't know, probably hundreds of dollars worth of free stuff yeah. just by becoming a supporter. And it can be as small as three to four dollars a month to support us. It really helps us. So patreon.com slash girl define. But this whole idea of whether or not a woman should take on her husband's last name, it's really interesting because like we said before, I think it used to be more of a given. Like it was just kind of the automatic, like, of course, you're getting married, you're becoming a new household, like this, you take on the last name of your husband. And it was very rare for women not to do that. And you know, like your turn, like as soon as you had like a crush on someone, you would already start practice writing your name (laughs) with their last name. I feel like especially in our generation growing up, that's totally, you know, we did those games like mash. Oh, the next generation has no idea what we're talking about. But it's like, that was it. You did like MASH and you found out who's going to be your husband and where you're going to live. And then you would do um, like writing your name and your last name. So that was very much the culture, like the Christian culture that we grew up in. And I feel like that even on like, social media of millennial generation, there's that whole, yes. people talk about that. Well, it's interesting because we, as a society, we have strayed so far from the, let's just say traditional marriage, like what traditional marriage oh, is, sure. what traditional values, the family, a husband and wife, having children, like those dynamics, we have strayed so far that we are more confused now than ever on like what marriage actually is. So we're going to talk about that here in just a minute, but we came across an interesting yeah. article on brides.com and it was titled Alternatives to to taking your husband's last name. And it was basically an article helping brides think through like, should I take his last name? Should I not? What alternatives do I have? What other options are out there? And in this article, they stated how you choose to identify in your marriage is entirely up to you. If the idea of taking your husband's last name doesn't feel right, here are a few alternatives. So again, just kind of like, it doesn't really matter. You do you, whatever feels great to you, go for it. Right. And and here are some alternative options. The, uh, The article definitely was more in the direction of, it was definitely, I think, uh, like against the historical traditional ideas. Mm. It felt very much like, let's move forward. Let's move past this. We are these Something two, more progressive. Yeah, more progressive. Like, you know, it just 
definitely less traditional that whole vibe. At yeah. least that was when I read it. I was like, okay, it definitely puts taking on his last name in a in a negative light. Right. And yes. And I think some of that, it, the tones I got also were coming out of the feminist movement yeah. of like women to be equal with men. We need to be the same as men. And so in some ways, like not taking his last name, yeah. keeping our independence, quote, our autonomy, like not becoming too merged with him, yeah. but staying somewhat separate is part of that equality. Um, So I got some of those tones yeah. as well in this article. So here were some of the things, the five reasons, the five alternatives they listed encouraging women to consider other options than taking their husband's last name. Number one, they said, just keep your given name, right? Yeah. So keep your maiden name. That's one option. Number two, make your given last name your new middle name. So that's kind of what we talked about yeah. at the beginning is taking your maiden name, making it your middle name. Um, they talked about option three, hyphenate your last name. So merge your last name, your maiden name with your husband's last name and have like dual that's last names. That's so popular. That's really yeah. popular. But what I want to know is like, if you have a hyphenated last name, and you give that to your children, and then your daughter also wants oh, to have a hyphenated funny. last name. Like, how are we going to have like five? That's really funny. I've never thought <laughs> well, about that. How does that. it end? Because she takes on a hyphenated. Now she gets yeah. married. Now what happens? I don't know. I've never encountered that. Like, yeah. I've never seen three last names all put together. That's really interesting. But I think we're going to face that yeah. here pretty soon. Um, number four, they recommended have your husband take your last name as one of the options, yeah. which is so interesting. And then number five, create an entirely new last name. Now, this was probably the least popular of all the options. Yeah. They kind of mentioned like people are starting to do this so rather than taking one or the other they're like almost combining like creating a new yes. name based on letters in each of their last names which again very interesting we're at a space yeah. where there are so many options that women now are encouraged to think through versus yeah. just taking on their husband's yeah. last name okay so we when we look at scripture we don't see a specific command for the the wife to take on her husband's last name so well we and just, I don't even know if they had last names no. right like yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. different culture it was a different time of day but I'm just saying like what we're talking about yeah. this isn't like a black and white thing in in the Bible. So we just right. want to get that out there. But as Christians, it's important to think through why we do what we do. And I just think it's so fascinating when you talk about marriage and you talk about the whole, like, you know, for us as Christians, we talk about it as a covenant. Like you're saying the whole idea of traditional marriage and what mm-hmm. marriage even has been historically has just kind of been tossed out the window and anyone can marry anyone. Multiple people can now, you know, it's just like we're moving right. in a completely different direction. But I think it's important for us as Christians first to take a step back and ask ourselves like, okay, what, why am I getting married? And what is the purpose of marriage? Where did this come from? Like we spend so much time focusing on the wedding and getting so excited about our new house and the adventures we're going to go on and the honeymoon, which is all really great. But honestly, the majority of us, we don't really spend a ton of time asking ourselves like, what is this that I'm entering into? What is the significance? What does God say about this? And I think we would do ourselves a great service by actually taking a step back and focusing on that more. And I think we can't really talk about, should I take my husband's last name or not? until we actually understand like what God's design for marriage is and Kristen is one of the best. Oh, she's setting and, me up with a little intro here. And explain this. Anytime we talk about this, I'm like, you're so good at this. You're so good at this. <laughs> Pressure's on. Like, bring the so biblical we perspective. expect a lot from you right now to help us understand. Yes, it is so important that we as Christian women have a grasp on what a biblical understanding and, a view, and view of marriage is because our world doesn't have that. Yeah, for sure. Our world offers marriage as a union, a, a pretty much just like a... A contract, a contract, right? Yeah. On the wedding day, you're you're saying these vows, and in fact, many of the vows are now starting to say until what is it? Not until death as do long, us part. As long as our love yeah. shall last, so it's pretty much a contract that's in place as long as our love shall last. And when the love is no longer there on both sides or one or the other, then the marriage is over, and, and the contract is. 
Done. And, and the contract also has typically a lot of stuff that's written out and signed beforehand. So that way, when it does end, you can have your equal shares. Oh, of course. Yes. You don't, life doesn't have to get messy, you know? So you're setting yourself up like, right. we, this is probably going to end. And so let's make sure that we plan for that day. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, we are practicing divorce, really. Yeah. I mean, the way we date, the way we marry, it's like we're basically saying, it's going to happen. So let's just prepare for yeah. it. Like, how sad. Well, yeah. And I know JP Pakluda, JP. Yeah, JP Pakluda. Yeah. We had an episode with him. You can go back and listen. But he talked about that. Like, even as Christian, will say, um, until yeah. death do us part. And he's like, until death do us part, what about if your husband, you know, he, you catch him looking at porn or he found that he committed adultery, like, is, you know, until death do us part, unless this, like, even the words we speak, like, as Christians, if we're saying really meaningful words, we, they're often very shallow. Right. We, we don't have really to understand. Yeah. So that's why it is so important that we understand the, the weight, um, the holiness yeah. of marriage that scripture places on this covenant. And the word covenant is so interesting because in the Bible, the word covenant is often used for a marriage relationship, right? And a covenant is something so much stronger than a contract. A contract is what the world offers to people, you know, maybe even three of these days, like getting married, entering this contract until their love doesn't last anymore. But in God's word, we see that marriage is a man and a woman, a male and female. We see this from Genesis 1 and 2, a male and female that God created, bringing them together and putting them in this bond, this union, and then binding it in a covenant. And a covenant, if you actually look up the definition, it's a amazing because it literally means a promise so strong that it cannot be broken. And I think the reason that God used the word covenant to talk about the union, the lifelong union, um, this covenant of a married couple is because marriage ultimately, as we see in Ephesians 5, isn't just about a man and a woman getting married and having um, children and procreating and having this relationship, not being alone. It's actually so much more than that. And it points to this greater picture of Christ and the church, of the relationship between Christ, which is reflected in the groom and and the bride of the church, which is reflected in the woman in a marriage. And so Ephesians 5 says, it's been a mystery until now. You know, Paul's saying, now we understand that marriage, this covenant is actually an earthly picture of what Christ's relationship is with his yeah. church. It's pointing to something bigger. It's temporal. Marriage is temporal on this earth, but it's pointing to something so much bigger. Um, this promise that we have in the gospel and ultimately this promise one day that Jesus is coming back again to redeem his bride once and for all the church, to wash us white as snow, and then we'll live with him forever and have the marriage supper of the lamb we see in revelation and it's just so beautiful and a covenant is is a promise that cannot be broken and god is saying that's what i have with you i am a covenant keeping god my covenant with my people is a promise so strong i will not break it and that is what he intended earthly marriage to be for a lost and broken world to look on at christian marriages and see that they are sticking it out through the thick and thin that they are committed in this covenant to say until death do us part because this promise is so strong i won't break it and so it's just so important for us to realize this is a heavy, a serious, a lifelong covenant that we're entering into when we get married. Mm. And the gospel is at stake mm. in so many ways, painting this picture of not perfection, but of the gospel mirrored in that relationship mm. between Christ and his church. And with the world doesn't have that. They can't offer us that. Yeah. They can only offer us a shallow version. Mm. But as Christians, we know and we need to grow in this. There's so much more. And in fact, our book, Sex, yeah. Purity, and the Longings of a Girl's Heart, it's about sex. It's about intimacy. It's about sexuality for married and single women. But we dig 
into yes. marriage, we take a deep dive. So if this piqued your interest, you're like, I don't really understand yeah. a lot about this. I'm single or I'm married, but I don't get this bigger picture. Grab a copy of Sex Purity and the Longings of a Girl's Heart mm-hmm. at girldefined.com. Anywhere books are sold, get it free from your library. Just read it because it will deepen and strengthen your understanding of mm-hmm. biblical marriage. So let's dive into specifically, okay, should a woman take on a man's last name? And actually, Mary Cassian, one of our faves. You, oh, yeah. She, yeah, we've had her. We've had her on, right? Yes. Oh, she's been on talking all about feminism. She gives five biblically based reasons for why taking your husband's last name is a good idea. And I thought these were really good. So Mm -hmm. I just kind of want to work through them and discuss them and see, okay, are these actually like good? Is this a good reason to? And I think that she makes some really good points. So let's jump into these five points by Mary Cassie. And she says the first reason that she thinks it's biblically based to take on your husband's last name. I noticed she didn't say biblical. Like this no. isn't a mandate in scripture. No. It's just biblically based. Yeah, like based off of the story and the understanding yes. of scripture as a whole. So she says the first reason is because of unity. She says scripture says that when you become married, mm-hmm. you become one flesh with your husband. Changing your name to his reflects this fact. And that's so important to understand that it's not just like, okay, you know, this is a fun little contract, a fun little yes. like fling that we're, you know, that we're getting into. Like, oh my goodness, I have feelings. Like, let's get married. It's going to be so fun. And we're going to go to Rome for our honeymoon like no you are becoming one flesh this is so serious mm-hmm. you are becoming one you know like before god and so doesn't it make sense to now merge those you know those like names to reflect that union that oneness and i think it's so beautiful when you see that and just as mm-hmm. the groom reflects christ right. we as the bride like we as christians we take on a new identity in christ and so just the picture of the gospel that that reflects when the bride you says hey mm-hmm. i am going to take on this new identity under your name. It doesn't mean that I am no longer myself, but I see the beautiful picture of the gospel in this, and um, I want to picture that. I want to reflect that. Um, so I just think that's a really cool meaning and you uh, know, within that unity. It's so good. Another reason she gives for why it's a good, good idea to take on your husband's last name is identification. And she says, Scripture teaches that it's the man who launches out to establish a new family unit. Changing your name to his and naming your children with the mm. same name identifies all of you as part of his family unit. And we see this launching out in Genesis 2, Matthew 19, just some scriptures there. But it's interesting if you think about the story of Genesis. And in fact, I had never heard it put this way until we actually heard Mary Cassian teaching at the True Woman Conference years ago. And she was talking about the, the felt like she was going through Genesis 1 and 2 and like really digging in and taking this deep dive of like, look at what's happening step by step. You know, it's easy to gloss over Genesis and be like, I've read that, been there, done that in the beginning. But she's like, no, you're missing so much. And she talked about how in the beginning, God made Adam first, which we're all very well aware of. But what we don't often think about and notice in scripture is that God didn't make him in the garden. He actually made Adam outside of the garden, fully formed him as a man, and then brought Adam into the garden and basically said, this is your home. This is your domain. This is your space to have, to keep, to care for. And before Eve ever entered the scene, God was already giving Adam instructions about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, about you know rules about the garden, even naming animals. He was giving him roles, responsibilities, giving him some practice to care for things. And then God brought Eve onto the scene and then said, here's your helper. It's not good for man to be alone. And he brought the woman, you know, and we, what do we like to say? The joke, like Adam woke up and saw her and was like, whoa, man, (laughs) that's why she's named woman. Anyways, I'm like, wait, whoa, whoa, man. Cause of course. I totally missed it. I was like, wait, where's the joke? (laughs) Whoa, man, woman, come on. And And here we have so clearly God is establishing not that Adam's better or that 
Eve's secondary, but that there's distinctions, yeah. that there's differences. They're equally valuable, but purposely different in role and distinction and gender. And so we see this amazing picture. So I love how she's pointing this out, that the, it's the man who launches out just as Christ is the one who pursues the yeah. bride. What a beautiful picture. That's why traditionally the man pursues the woman. Where does that come from? Well, it comes from scripture because yeah. the man is re- representative of Christ and the bride is the church. And so that yeah. pursuit, that bringing that woman in, becoming one family unit, that identification, it's a really beautiful yeah. thing. And if you're like feeling, I don't like this, like we're more progressive than that. Like mm. ask yourself, where's your worldview coming from? I mean, Jesus literally came not to be served, but to serve. He came to do the Father's will. And you know, if you're feeling squirmy, if you're feeling you don't like certain things in scripture, it's like, at the end of the day, our life isn't even about us. Right. Like, it's about Christ. So as a Christian, you know, you just need to make sure that you're not getting the, you know, your worldview from Bride Magazine, but Preach it. <laughs> from the, the word. Okay, so Mary Cassian goes on, third biblically based reason for changing your last name is commitment. She says, changing your name indicates that you are making a permanent lifelong commitment to your husband and will henceforth be identified as being inseparably linked to him. Mm-hmm. Romans 7 and Matthew 19 talk about that. And this is an R day radical. Really like, you radical. know, when you see those videos where someone's like on the street and they interview someone and they're like, how long have you been married? Like, oh, 40 years. It's like, whoa, what's your advice? How have you done that? You know, and they'll like share, you know, a little bit of advice, but it's just crazy that commitment and being there, you know, for life saying, I will be with you through the thick and thin until death do us part is like not even, it's just like people don't expect that to happen. Most people expect to go through at least one or two marriages these days. I know Dave and I were talking, we're like, it used to be where you would see like these big celebrities, like, wow, they've had three or four marriages, but now just the average person seems to go through at least yeah. one or two. And then like, okay, I finally found my person. But as Christians, we we view it differently. We view this as a lifelong covenant that we were we are a part of. Um, Just like Christ does not abandon us. He has adopted us into his family. The same can go for marriage. You can, you know, seek the counsel and get the help help um, that you need, but just going into marriage with this perspective that it is a lifelong commitment. And so when I change my name, I'm saying this is permanent. This isn't something temporary for the next few years. This is something I'm going to be in until I die. I mean, that is that is just so radical in yeah. our day. This is very radical, number four, and one that I think a lot, some of you might feel even more squirmy when I read it. But the fourth biblically-based reason for why you should take your husband's last name is roles. Bum, 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 bum. But it's yeah. not as scary as you think. Roles. Mary Cassian says, changing your name to his indicates that you affirm the biblical pattern of your husband being the head of your marriage and household. And if you feel really squirmy about that, then check out passages like 1 Corinthians 11 or Ephesians 5, and then grab a copy of Girl Defined, where we oh, really Girl dig Defined, in yes. to God's design for gender specifically, because we oftentimes adopt a secular um, worldview, really, about gender and the male and the female and we view it through a negative light. We buy into certain stereotypes or certain lingo about like the patriarchy and like all men are oppressors. And like, where is it? Like, where are we getting our information from? And I think we need to go back to scripture and recognize that in the beginning, in the garden, when things were perfect and beautiful and there was no sin, from the beginning, God established this pattern of roles, of gender distinctions, like we just talked about, of the male, the female, two genders made different but complementary to come together and to be 
stronger as a unit together, right? Like to complement one another, to support one another, to work as a team in creating this marriage and this new family unit. So roles, they're not a bad thing. We've been led to believe that. And like we said in feminism, unless we're all doing exactly the same thing, we're not equal. There's no equality, but there can be beautiful equality and actually celebrating the beautiful masculine traits that God has given to men and their leadership. And when done in a God-honoring way, we praise God for godly men, godly leaders, and then women in the roles that God has given us um, in distinct ways that we lead in our families, the ways that we he gave us the ability to bear children, get pregnant, like to nurture life. Like we have beautiful yeah. distinctions, but culture really encourages us to fight against those. But in God's word, we see a beautiful complementary yeah. picture of the male and female and the husband and the wife, and even the roles within the church, within the family. And when we choose to take on our husband's last name as Christian believing women, we're saying we reject the lies of feminism. We reject the lies of woke culture. We reject the lies of our society. Instead, we believe God's word. We trust God's word. We say, God, you know what's best. You bring us together as husband and wife. And I affirm that. I affirm marriage roles. I affirm gender distinctions. And I'm going to take on my husband's last name and affirm that he is the head of our household. And I pray that he would lead us in a godly way. Mm -hmm. Like it's a really beautiful thing when we see it through a scriptural lens. um, And obviously a whole nother conversation would be like sin, abuse, and there has been Yes, a lot of that in the male-female relationship, um, men abusing women. So we're not saying it's all just perfect when you read the Bible, but when done in a godly way to honor God, a man and woman coming together, um, it really is a beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And the next one that she goes on to say is the paradigm. And this is kind of what we've been emphasizing throughout. She says, since the relationship between husband and wife is a paradigm of the relationship between Christ and the church, Christian women who change their name model and bear witness to the reality of Christ changing our names when we enter a relationship with him. We, the church bride, identify ourselves with him and are called by his name when we become one with him. Christ's bride is rightly called by her husband's name. A woman who changes her name bears witness to this part of the gospel story. And there's a whole bunch of passages in Isaiah 43, Acts 15, um, 2 Chronicles 7, Revelation 3 and 14. There's a whole bunch of stuff um, on that. But I just think it's so amazing <sighs> at the end of the day how even this covenant that God has created isn't ultimately like about us and how amazing we are and our faithfulness. It's ultimately about Christ and what he's done for us and his faithfulness and the fact that this life isn't all there is. I mean, at the end of the day, like you mentioned, yeah. there is suffering. There yes. is hardship. Um, sin, sin has sin, produced so much brokenness. Yeah, sin has produced so much brokenness. Yeah. But at the end of the day, as a Christian, we have the hope of one day being mm. in the presence of God and experiencing such pure satisfaction and pleasure in his presence, you know, and that is something so beautiful to look forward to. I know there is probably a lot of pain on the other side of the screen, depending where you are, what your relationship looks like. And, you know, we want to encourage you if you are like, wow, I don't, I don't feel like my relationship reflects this at all. Like we are struggling or there's just something not right. I would encourage you to reach out to a counselor. One of our favorites Mm -hmm. is um, the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. We link it in every single podcast. A lot of the um, counselors there are free and they're very focused on scripture and wanting to help you. So if you find yourself in yeah. any situation where you just have questions about, you're not sure, um, you you just think, hmm, this just doesn't seem to be this beautiful reflection, um, I would really encourage you to reach out and get help. Um, don't walk this journey alone because when you can uh, you help, you know, gain help from the body of Christ and really make sure that scripture isn't being twisted or turned in a way mm-hmm. to manipulate, but really genuinely living it out in a way that God intended, it can be beautiful. So I just want to put that out there. Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, you can just go to their 
your website, find a counselor in your area or find one, you know, even via Zoom. I think that can be a huge help to marriages. Yeah. So in conclusion, it's obviously a personal choice. Yeah. And if it's not a sin choice, like, okay, if you choose to keep your maiden name, you are sinning. Like, that's not what the Bible teaches. And that's not what we're saying either. But I hope as you maybe learned a little bit more in this conversation about God's bigger and be- and more beautiful picture of marriage, of this covenant relationship, of this deep, in-depth, holy covenant that reflects this incredible picture of the almighty God himself and his love and care yeah. for his bride, the church, that it will have expanded your view of marriage beyond what our culture has to offer, which is mostly focused on, like we said, a contract, mostly focused on the wedding day, on all the things that the bride needs to have this perfect wedding day. And so little emphasis is really given on that union, that covenant that comes afterwards. So we hope this has just been eye-opening and the things that we shared that Mary Cassian so beautifully laid out, we hope that those things will make you think of like, huh, interesting. I've never, I never knew there could be so much that could go, go into the benefits of actually taking my husband's last name. How how beautifully just that one act yeah. done obviously with the right heart, the right motives, like that beautiful act can actually point back to the gospel and affirm this relationship between the man and the woman and these gender distinctions, this family unit, um, this covenant, like it just reflects so much. And so we hope you're thinking more deeply about it. And if you're a married woman and you're like, yeah, I did take my husband's last name. I just did it because it's kind of like traditional, like what a lot of Christians do anyways, but I, I never knew there could yes. be so much significance in that. Then in even that, I hope you view your marriage and that choice of taking your husband's last name as something that's even more bigger and more beautiful and more gospel focused than you ever thought of before. If you appreciate this conversation and you like that we're tackling these kind of topics, would you do us a huge favor? It takes like 30 seconds. Head on over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts where you're listening. Either one of those, you can leave a review. And we really appreciate five-star reviews because that not only encourages us, but it actually pushes out our podcast for more women to find. So please do that. It takes like 30 seconds. We'd be so appreciative. And then again, if you're like, man, I'm single. I want to know yeah. how to know if he's the one or I want some of these you know, amazing digital resources that I could get free every month just by supporting Girl Define. then please head on over to patreon.com slash Girl Define. Join our support team. Join that private community of sisterhood where we do lots of fun things and give away lots of fun freebies um, and you'll be blessing and encouraging us in the process. And then come back and join us for another episode next week of the Girl Define show. 